This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let's Talk Ideas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at our Caribbean headlines for today. Ian downgraded to tropical storm, with Puerto Rico running low on diesel. U.S. President Biden waves Jones Act. New York City mayor announces relief centers to support Caribbean asylum seekers. Jarbas Barboas da Silva Jr. of Brazil is elected Pan American Health Organization director. Trinidad and Tobago government sticks with hydrocarbons. Analysis advises caution and Caribbean leading rum festival set for November. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, September 29th. We start a report today with a look at tropical weather. Ian has downgraded to a tropical storm. The U.S. National Hurricane Center is issuing advisories on tropical storm Ian located offshore of the East Florida coast. On Wednesday afternoon, Ian was a Category 4 hurricane and caused mass evacuations, damage to buildings, flooding, and power outages in Florida. But around 5 a.m. on Thursday, it slowed down and became a tropical storm. On the forecast track, the center of Ian is expected to move off to the east-central coast of Florida soon and then approach the coast of South Carolina on Friday. The center will move farther inland across the Carolinas Friday night and Saturday. The Hurricane Center has also issued a report on Tropical Depression 11, located several hundred miles west of Cabo Verde Islands. A tropical wave moving off the west coast of Africa is producing a broad area of showers and thunderstorms. Environmental conditions appear generally conducive for gradual development of this system through early next week as it moves westward to west-northwestward into the eastern tropical Atlantic. In other storm-related news, with Puerto Rico running low on diesel, U.S. President Biden waves Jones Act. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports the U.S. Department of Homeland Security on Wednesday approved a temporary and targeted Jones Act waiver, allowing 300,000 gallons of much-needed diesel fuel to be discharged to Puerto Rico. A British petroleum ship with 300,000 gallons of diesel fuel had been awaiting entry on Puerto Rico's southern coast since Sunday. Along with waiving the federal law, the Biden administration urged all petroleum refiners to help ensure that Puerto Rico has adequate fuel supplies and to use Jones Act compliant vessels whenever possible. The administration action follows calls by leaders of Puerto Rico, including Governor Pedro Perlusi, for the president to temporarily suspend the Merchant Marine Act of 1920, which mandates that all goods brought into Puerto Rico via vessel be on ships built in the United States and with a crew of U.S. citizens. Governor Pelosi had warned that the island commonwealth of 3.2 million was running dangerously low on diesel fuel following the passage of Category 1 Hurricane Fiona. Along with the disruption at grocery stores and other local businesses, the diesel shortage also left, as of Wednesday, 311,000 
of 1.47 million electric customers without power. According to the Associated Press, several hospitals were still operating on generator power. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Next up, we head to New York, where New York City Mayor announces relief centers to support Caribbean asylum seekers. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports New York City Mayor Eric Adams says the city will open its humanitarian emergency response and relief centers to support the hundreds of asylum seekers, including Caribbean nationals, arriving in New York City daily from Texas and other border states. Adams said the humanitarian relief centers will provide assistance to newly arriving individuals and families and ensure they continue to be connected to the full range of services and support they need. The asylum seekers are primarily Haitians. In addition, he indicated that while other state leaders have not supported asylum seekers, New York City will take a different approach to the humanitarian crisis, while noting that the centers will provide direct referrals to alternative emergency supports and city shelters. More than 100 years ago, Ellis Island opened its doors to welcome those yearning to breathe free. Now more than ever, it is clear that we are again dealing with a humanitarian crisis created by human hands, he said. That is why the Humanitarian Emergency Response and Relief Centers will be the first touch point for asylum seekers that will provide them with a range of services and support as families determine their next steps, he added. Now on to the Pan American Health Organization, where there is a new executive director. Dr. Barbosa da Silva Jr., a national of Brazil, will be the new director of the Pan American Health Organization. He was elected on Wednesday by the Pan American Health Organization member states during the 30th Pan American Sanitary Conference. Dr. Barbosa da Silva Jr. will begin his five-year term on February 1, 2023, succeeding Dr. Caricia F. Ethian of Dominica, who has led the Pan American Health Organization organization since 2012. A national of Brazil, Dr. Barbosa da Silva, is currently the assistant director at the Pan American Health Organization, where he has led the organization's efforts to increase equitable access to COVID-19 vaccines and to enhance regional capacities to produce medicines and other health technologies. Dr. Barbosa joined the Pan American Health Organization in 2007 as area manager for health surveillance and disease management responsible for coordinating regional activities related to the surveillance, prevention, and control of communicable and non-communicable diseases, veterinary public health, and health analysis and statistics. The Pan American Health Organization is the health organization for the region of the Americas and serves as the regional office of the World Health Organization. This year, the Pan American Health Organization celebrates its 120th anniversary. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. To share information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now, here's news out of Dominica. Dominica Court to hear constitutional challenge of anti-gay laws. My View News reports 
The Minority Rights Dominica and the HIV Legal Network say they remain hopeful that the country's High Court of Justice will follow Antigua and Barbuda and St. Kitts and Nevis in repealing laws that criminalize LGBT people in the Caribbean. The High Court on Wednesday began hearing a constitutional challenge from a homosexual man who is seeking to have two sections of the Sexual Offense Act that criminalizes consensual same-sex activities ruled unconstitutional. The group said in a statement that under sections 14 and 16 of the Sexual Offenses Act, sexual activity between consenting partners of the same sex is prohibited. Offenses were first enacted in 1873 when Dominica was under British colonial rule. The hearing began on Wednesday, was launched by a man who has faced discrimination, hostility, and horrific violence in Dominica because he is gay, they said. Next up, Trinidad and Tobago government sticks with hydrocarbons. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports Trinidad and Tobago Finance Minister Colm Imbert is optimistic that changes to the supplemental petroleum tax is one of the moves that could encourage new investment in the energy sector. Imbert expressed this optimism when he presented the 2022-23 budget in the House of Representatives on Monday. Former Energy Minister Kevin Ramnarine and University of the West Indies economist Dr. Valmiki Arjun, however, said optimism about the improvements in the energy sector could be balanced with the necessary cautions that goes with the volatile nature of the global energy industry. Imbert said a careful analysis of TNT's competitiveness as an oil province for the investment was done. Imbert also said government is looking at adjusting of other oil and gas taxes and other innovative fiscal incentives to encourage new investments in the sector. During the COVID-19 pandemic and new challenges posed by the ongoing events such as Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, Imbert underscored the continued importance of the energy sector to the economy. As an oil and gas-based economy, our fortunes have been impacted by the external shocks, which have hit the world economy in recent years. Imbert said that while this has been happening, as evidenced by the fact of the non-oil sector now contributes to over 50% of Trinidad and Tobago's GDP, the energy sector remains key to the future of economic stability and growth. Those who say Trinidad and Tobago should abandon oil and gas, he argued, are not living in the real world. Since this has been the mainstay of our economy for the last 50 years and will be the cornerstone of our economy for years to come. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now we take a look at a joint partnership to fill educational gaps for students as a result of the pandemic. Barbados Today reports the Caribbean Development Bank has partnered with 
the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, OECS, and the Caribbean Community CARICOM Secretariat to develop a recovery program to assist more than one million Caribbean students who experience learning challenges due to disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. The program Let's Reap Learning Recovery and Enhancement Program includes a development certification training exercise for teachers to give them the requisite tools to help students overcome learning challenges. 3,000 teachers are expected to start training this month. During a Zoom meeting launched on Wednesday, Assistant Secretary General for Human and Social Development at CARICOM Secretariat, Allison Drayton, described Let's Reap as an important initiative following the experience of COVID-19, during which many students across the region were disenfranchised. Gaps in educational access, equity, quality and relevance were exposed significantly as students and families struggled to gain and maintain access through technological connections. Teachers were challenged to secure equitable, relevant and quality educational learning outcomes through technology, she said. The gains made in the provision of universal access to basic education and strides in literacy and numeracy achievements, along with increase to access to pre-primary education, were eroded. It is indeed a tragedy. However, Drayton said, let's reap would put students' success levels back on track in the Caribbean. During the ceremony, Minister of Education Kay McConey, who is also chairman of the CARICOM Council for Human and Social Development, said this was a much-needed initiative and the training will build the capacity of teachers. And here's our final note. Caribbean Leading Rum Festival set for November. The 5th Annual Caribbean Rum Award St. Bart's is set for November 1st to 6th for a week-long celebration of artisanal rums from the region's top producers. There's a new edition, a world-first VIP tasting of Caribbean rums from the 19th century. The event is anchored by the annual Blind Tasting Rum Competition, which brings in international judges to select winners in 10 different categories, including choosing the coveted world champion. Martinique's rum took the crown last year. This year's Caribbean Rum Award, St. Bart, will be bigger and better than ever, said Alexander Brittel, editor and publisher of Caribbean Journal and co-founder of the event. This year's event is presented by Platinum Sponsors, Tradewind Aviation, Wimco Villas, Des Moines, and Le Bartholomew Hotel and Spa. This podcast has been brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, September 29th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. 
If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. 